check your shizzle, my nizzle. We good, we good. All right, that's a very expensive mic. I gave you the golden mic. It's a sure. It's like a five racks. We got a sponsorship on the. We're doing tours for Dell. And I didn't know what to do with $20,000 worth of Shure equipment, so we got really expensive earbuds that lost them. And so we had a couple of those mics, but the rappers, when we'd have them on stage, they kept pulling them in their phantom power, so it would make these loud popping in the crowd. So I took them and gave them SM58s and just kept the, <laughs> kept the other mics. So that's how I ended up with them. Check your mic, dummy. I'm good. Keep talking. I got to make sure you're good. That's not the only tone you're going to have. I'm good, 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 good. I, I got to, like, go my full range, like, day. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 stop. Exactly. <laughs> I got to see and make sure no range that you're going to use during this set is going to clip. Nah, it's not going to. It's not going to clip? Yeah, I'm uh You good? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, we'll play this intro song and we'll get into it. Okay. song and you'd probably be able to guess every sample and vocal sample ever but you know uh might have recognized like three what did you hear mm, how many mcs yep that that phrase is probably ed yep yep those are the main two yeah the rest is other things i played yeah, yeah but uh you know if you can make your own intro to your podcast, you should probably do it. <laughs> I am Boo Cool One. This is Art to Empire Radio. I got a special guest all the way from Brazil into my kitchen, my <laughs> counterpart on the Rhyming and Grinding Coalition. Why don't you introduce yourself? 
Yeah, hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whatever, I hope you're good. This is Kamal from Brazil, like we say, Kamal Brazil, so you can get the right pronunciation. I'm a skateboarder for 35 years, 36, I don't remember, and uh, 35 years, uh, rapper since... 97 and i'm here made my way to the beautiful suburbs of <laughs> dub c yes the outer bay area it's dub c dub c yeah. walnut creek west coast yeah see <laughs> hella entendres yeah so you are from sao paulo yeah see because you I, i've been told i should say hey this is my man come out from Brazil, because not everybody, I guess, would know where Sao Paulo is, to my surprise. You see, uh, Sattva was asking me, like, oh, you're in Sao Paulo? What are the good beaches there? I was like, mm, there's oh. no beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when people come to the Bay, like, yo, you guys got those palm trees? And, and they're like, nah, it's Southern California. <laughs> you don't want <laughs> to look for those here. So, yeah, we're about to get into it. You've been independent entrepreneur. I've known of you for some time and from all that i know about you you've never had a steady day job you've always woven a bunch of different things into your um, livelihood into your career so i really mm -hmm. want to get into that so what are the art forms that you do that operate both in your business world and your personal creative world i think the first that like is the foundation of it all is skateboard of course yeah that people see as a sport nowadays because the olympics and all but for me it's still an art form and that's my main lifestyle foundation and after that rapping MCing, yeah and i also do some dj sets but it's all set around music like consultant uh curator right uh host right all so, of the above yeah so skateboarding i can MCing, check some boxes djing producing scoring yeah consulting all of this so how long okay how old were you when you first realized that one of these crafts could be like a viable income like career option for you 20 plus like I started rapping when I was 21, but I was still like going, I was studying math as a major. Right. In, in Brazil, it was in university. And at the same time, I started rapping. And my rapping career, rapping opportunities appear for me. Right. Like two years, I was two years in, I had a chance to open up for De La Soul with my group. And what else? We perform at the Free Jazz Festival. It was a big music festival in Brazil. Right. And I was still on the university. So one day I had to like tell my mom, yo, I, I know you want me to have a degree and a diploma. Right. But yeah. I told her what I thought it was, that I thought was like, clever and right that my knowledge wouldn't go away but my opportunities would so i'd have to drop out and on that same year 
my O2, it was O2. The EP, my first EP with my group dropped. Yeah. So I went to an Africa Bambada show to sell it on the at the door or at the show and never came back. It was from then, so 2002. Yeah, so, so was that your first income earning? Like, did you earn it before skateboarding? Was skateboarding before this? Uh, skateboarding never gave me uh, real money. Right. Uh, right. Not for, by skateboarding itself. Right. But when I started rapping, people from skateboard thought, what if he can host the contest? Right, right. I was right. already pro. Around, I, I turned pro 98. Right. Around 98, 99, I was going to contests, but like not like really. I did. I never really did like contests, but right. I was there so I could see my friends, so I could skate with them. And when they offered me an opportunity to host, I would get paid. Yeah. Good. Get like uh, flights, hotel, no. No worries about it. Right. The good life. And the only bad side is that I would be at the contest from start to finish and wake up early. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would you wake up early? Because I have to be at the contest. I would have to be one of the first to the right. contest. Right, 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 right. Then I got money from that. Yeah. That was like I turned pro but didn't really get a, a board, a, a good pay. Right. But being a host was one way of making it happen. Right. So once you picked up the mic, you were able to start earning income as an MC with your, your crew touring or doing shows and then also in the skateboarding world because now. Yeah. Know. And the tour and the shows were paying little. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how I made money around that time. Right. But I had like uh, some shows we had a decent amount of money to work with right and those skateboarding gigs as well but it was not really a money money right right survival survival money so let's just say like in, the, in your early survival years money. of yeah, 2000 let's say 2002 to 2004 or 5 like what were the different ways you were earning income to keep you know fueling your ability to focus on your music and stuff from 02 after the EP was out, I was selling the EP. I got some. I borrowed some money from my mom to to press it up to pay for the studio. And I was uh, selling it, and I got some more shows and better shows. Right. Then I joined a band called Instituto. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh three. Oh three, we went to play in Barcelona, mm. and that was already a a better, a better, a better stage of my my rap life. Right, because I was making shows with Instituto around Brazil, mm -hmm. traveling Brazil already with them, and we went to Europe. So that was like a, a that was a like good step. Yeah. So you're like uh, upgrade. So two thousand four or five, you're like okay. Okay, I can do this. This is gonna be like a career. Like I'm not having to worry about other incomes. I'm pretty much gonna just focus in on this music. It's it's bearing fruit. It's yeah. It was way better, way better than than before. Right. So, were there any challenges that you had 
when you started to make money off of your passion? Were there any challenges? You know, some people have a hard time because, you know, when you're just doing it for your art and your passion, you do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. And then when you start to do it, the business, there's other things you have to factor in. Yeah. Mm, I I don't think it was a like a hard time per se, but I was still living with my parents. Yeah. Around that time, because in Brazil we don't like you don't just the leave kid, the, you don't, yeah you don't the parents don't kick kids out yeah we don't leave the nest family early. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey it's good for the culture but also for entrepreneurship it's good uh-huh. low overhead is a good thing when you first start and but. I had to like uh, help a little, and I couldn't ask them for money because that was my choice. I wouldn't. I wasn't right. studying, so that was my choice too. Yeah, it's yeah. Watch your cable. Give it a little slack. There you go. So, I don't think there was a setback or any challenges. Any, I mean, you operated the same way. You didn't change the way you. You seem to have a high motor anyway. It's not like you weren't yeah. motivated. Before, I think the but. the real challenge came when I was making some making some money and getting around and making my stuff happen uh with no problem. Right. But oh five the group I was like also working at some parties, uh uh I was being a host at some parties, the MC. Yeah. And Oh five, my group kind of kind of took a a period of like a, a pause, hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. Not like a New York pause. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I had to figure out a way to make my stuff happen. Right. I was still in the band, traveling with the band and with the the party gigs. Right. With another band, but I had to figure out what am I gonna do. Right. So oh five. I put out my first solo mixtape. Oh six, I put out a group mixed a group album album. Mm-hmm. It was called Simplis with some younger guys uh, and a girl. But oh seven, I was like, I have to put my first solo album out, my official one. Right. And I had, I made some money. I saved some money to pay for stu- for the studio. But it was like half the money I have, I had to make to pay the guy. Right. So I gave him all my money. I had four songs at the time, and I was making them as we went to the studio because also the studios in Brazil, you had to like go with your song almost done and just record and mix it right. at the studio. Why we is couldn't that? Like be, uh, yeah, because that's the way they operate. Like we couldn't be at the studio wasting their time and right hanging out. And yeah, hanging out. I'm not the the smoking drinking type of guy, but we couldn't like be there there right. just like Jones, smoking drinking, right. uh, tell, uh, say uh, telling jokes. Not like in so, the rap videos and MTV never, videos in the studio just blazing. Yeah, okay, you see my videos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so oh seven, I had to borrow money from my mom. Again, All it was round like two. Yeah, twenty bucks to go to the studio and eat some. And I remember that day I was so sad, and I promised myself that wouldn't happen again. Right, and it didn't. Never had to borrow money from mom again. No, That's no. Tough. Did you pay her back? Yeah, <laughs> several times. <laughs> Not really. Like, yeah, here's the twenty bucks. But right, right. She's good. She's good. So, 
What was one of the first tough lessons you learned in this business when it came to your music? Uh, I never signed contracts, but I lear- I've learned to don't. So I I couldn't sign contracts without knowing what was written on it. It's not like the the terms and conditions we have on our apps that was like, yeah, right. okay, I agree, I agree, and right. <laughs> Much different then. Yeah, but I had to learn that, and I couldn't mix my the money that was for me and the money that was I had to put in put back into into the music. Mm-hmm. I got that separated early. Like the show money was mine, and the CDs and the sales money was the the music's mo- the music money. The music money, right? To reinvest. Yeah. That's smart. I didn't learn that one until a lot later. <laughs> it's like, show money, my money, sell all my merch, and go spend it. And then there's my, when I had to re-up, I'd be like, damn, I had to borrow some money from somebody to re-up. <laughs> That's a good one. It's, it's, it takes discipline. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of good at that. Yeah. That math mind. Kind of, kind of. Right. Kind of kind of good at it. Okay. Um, what are three main skills that have been the most helpful in you navigating the business of your career three main skills gotta dig for that (laughs) yeah like d-i-c-k or d-i-g i I gotta dig okay (laughs) (laughs) got lost in translation for a minute it's like i gotta dig for that it's my accent (laughs) (laughs) sometimes my they say my accent is good and now i'm like yeah i'm good i'm native right yeah uh skills Tell me tell me yeah, the question. So what are what are three main skills that have helped you grow your career and your business as an as an MC producer and all the things? Uh network. Yep. I have a a bunch of friends that I can rely on. Mm-hmm. And also I'm I'm not like hard to communicate to people or with people. Right. So network. Uh I think loving what I do is a big part of it because I believe that I can't compromise what I love right just for the money. So I said no a bunch of times and I said yes to to things that people didn't find interesting and later on it became something. And it helped me really helped me. Yeah. I mean that that's a big one um the power of no. Like yeah. that's a skill is is learning that sometimes it's better to say no. Like saying no does good things for your value and your reputation, um, as well as just preserving your like you're saying your integrity and your equity. But sometimes saying no like makes people step up their game when they come to you next time. Mm-hmm. You know that's good. And it's crazy because whenever they interview me in Brazil, they're like, "What's an advice you could give to the young generations?" Yeah, and I say like. Know your truth, truth, and use it to uh, your favor because you're gonna wake up the next day feeling like you have you have a reason to to live for. Right, right. You don't. You're not like paying something that you did wrong or you didn't right. like to do. Right, and cleaning up the messes of yeah. the, of your past and you know stuff. And I, I would say, knowing you, that one of your uh, great assets is 
you know, you're you're super duper knowledgeable about the things that you're into. You mm-hmm. study the cultures, even though you are, you know, deeply involved and you're a part of the fabric of the culture and the history, but you still study like a student mm-hmm. and you're constantly absorbing information. So I think that endless student like energy in you is a good one because it's you're always up on what's new culturally technique wise equipment wise sound wise um and that's you know i can see that super helpful um that and also you know we'll talk about this too because you're the first international uh person on this podcast but you speak english like pretty well you probably you speak english out of the best out of all the friends that i've met of yours in brazil (laughs) (laughs) and like you helped you know you well you and genovese like helped bridge a lot of i'm sure in skating hip-hop for others but for us as well like Mm -hmm. like it would have been a little more challenging on the initial entry for myself and dell when we first came um if we didn't have you around so like tell me about your your path and learning english uh i just like skateboarding has a lot a lot of uh words in english as of course because it was born here Right, and I can't believe I'm sitting here because I'm here, <laughs> actually here, first time in the Bay Area. Yeah, and hip hop world navigates around that too because New York and all that. So I was just interested in knowing what people were saying in the magazines and in the songs, and just because of that, I was curious and I taught myself how to how to say it proper how to know what they were talking about and i also i think a skills a skill that i didn't mention is i like to share knowledge mm-hmm. i like to share that knowledge so so i think we can trade uh, always trade with people that are also willing to share that knowledge right right so uh, English became became a part of it. Like I had to because mm-hmm. I wanted to, right? Not the other way around, right? And since so, some of the stories you told me led me to think in this podcast, your ability to speak English became another part of your of your business, your value, and your earning in Brazil. So talk a little bit about that because you were telling me. You know, when Premier came, you were the translator. Yeah, I was a translator for a bunch of people. Uh, could it be a? I could uh, had an opportunity to be an interviewer as well. I interviewed uh, Africa Bambada, Dem Funk, uh, people from the U.S., people mm-hmm. from France that were willing to speak English because they're, right, they're right. not like <laughs> yeah, they're they don't <laughs> like speaking English. Yeah, I know. So I asked. It was the guy from that group group assassin Uh assassin yeah and i asked him like yo can i do the interview in english yeah no problem i interviewed that press oh yeah yeah it's crazy crazy it's always crazy so english became a part of it uh uh for hip-hop and also for skateboarding because there was some world cups in brazil yeah skateboarding world cups in brazil and i was the announcer that spoke english and portuguese and like tried some Spanish. I don't really speak Spanish, but right. it's close to Portuguese, so we can like can wing it. <laughs> we can fake it. You're like the Brazil Sal Masakela. 
For real. <laughs> you went on a Brazilian Kensau X rap that Kensau rap or freestyle off to Don't Like Me? No, no. Okay, okay no. maybe he's the, the, the American version of Kamau. Mm, poor but one. not even either way, it doesn't work. Poor both. one. <laughs> <laughs> but in the skating world, you were the right, <laughs> the okay, vocal okay. ambassador. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, I'll let that one go. That That's good enough. Go too well. But yeah, so then all of a sudden you have, you know, people probably hiring you and bringing you into these events and other things because they're like, because like when we come down, you know, there were times when Genovese was gone. Mm-hmm. I'm at the hotel. And I'm like, okay. He said, so I met everybody at like, you know, the Praca Roosevelt where everyone skated at, but he was there. So I met everybody, but everybody else spoke Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So we was dapping and, like, oh, but then he left and I come back and it's like, mm. we're playing charades, yeah. you know, so someone would either, yeah. either hit you or go find you and we would meet up and then you would help make it all make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm assuming that's like, like you're saying, it's a great value. Um, in Brazil, where skateboarding and hip hop are big parts of the the culture, and as international desires are going both ways, Brazilians are wanting to learn more about what's going on with this hip hop and skating, but also all these people from America are going to Brazil and wanting to learn about what's going on, whether it's due to tours or contests. So, so who would hire you for that? Would it be the promoters? Would it be some promoters, some people that knew me from before, some people that like who would be good? For that job, oh come on, right? Like right. me, Parchun, yeah, we were always around for that, that type of stuff, right? And that's a huge asset because it's like to extent there's not there weren't many. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. So why do you what it, what differentiated let's say you and Parchun um, from the other your other comrades in Brazil as far as learning English because they've all they most of them that I met were in the skateboarding and in the hip hop, but yet they didn't speak. English that well. We are kind of geeks about it. And okay. Bartium even came to live in, uh, where was it? Torrance? He always said oh, so That's my last name, but yeah, Southern California. That's yeah, where Globe Torrance Shoes with was. An a. Yep, Torrance with an A. <laughs> yeah, he, he lived in Torrance for a while, and he just wanted to learn. He's a geek, a geek's geek. He really... He goes to know everything he can about something that he likes. Right. So he went into production. He knows a lot. Went into rhyming. He knows a lot. He knows a lot of lyrics by heart. Right. Uh, from other people more than his, his own, own lyrics. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a, also a designer, and he is really good at it. So he really is... Uh, talented and he applies to it right he's genuinely i think i'm more loose but i'm kind of around the same right same way right you guys apply your passion for like the the skateboarding and hip-hop in the way of learning the how to translate and understand what's going on we apply others are to participate they just love it and and we apply our ability to learn into our passion right because we uh some people like they're exposed to it, but they're not willing to learn. Right, and right. Some people are like, yeah, I got to learn this. I want to learn this. And I can keep this information for a long time. My my music hard drive in my head is crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with you the last few days. I'm like, okay, 
I know a I just said I know like a decent two things of, that two things that you didn't know about like Jean Grey. Oh, at least <laughs> I mean that's just for that moment. There's, I'd be like, okay, I, I thought I was pretty nerdy about it, but sometimes I'm just gonna, I I wonder why do I know this? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, then then you then it then your tummy warms and you realize it makes you feel really good inside. So. And it's also like <laughs> when I don't remember something, it bugs me like. I was reading the the hoodie you printed. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that one, what is that one? What is that one? It took me like five minutes. It was already bugging me out. Like, Couldn't figure out. What is yeah, that? Five video? minutes is yeah. too much. Like, oh. Yeah. But now we but got I, the hip hop to it. You got it. So <laughs> what do you think some of the biggest misunderstandings are about rapping and making your, turning your art into a career? Like, For example, like some people think that it's super easy, like you're just performing and doing all the stuff. But mm -hmm. like, so what is one misunderstanding that people always get wrong when they look from the outside at your career? Uh, the first one is not even business business related. Is that rapping is easy? Right, right. Like everyone takes like a shot at rapping. Like, yeah, I can rap. It's just saying words. I, I, right. You're not singing. You're not even singing. <laughs> yeah. So I was interviewed in a podcast like a month ago, and I I think I figured that rap rapping for real is like skateboarding. Like right. skateboarding seems easy if you think it's just standing on it. Right. <laughs> When you have to make tricks, right, it's the difficult part. That's a good analogy. But at least people are a little bit more scared to hop on a skateboard like that. Right, because there's physical pain yeah, and physical yeah, humiliation. Yeah, they can really fall and break something. Right. Like being like uh, shameless and getting a mic and like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. It's easier. But one is that. The other one is like... When you're like, it, it doesn't mean that you are making money if you appear somewhere like a TV show or right. you have a, a decent amount of followers. It doesn't mean that you're like right. uh, Wait, swimming so in you, money. So you're saying that just because I saw you on MTV and you probably got five times as many Instagram followers as me. Five times, I wouldn't say. You that. haven't. You don't, you haven't just made it? I thought you just made it. Like <laughs> No, that doesn't mean you've made it. Doesn't mean just people just throwing money no, at you. I, I think time. there's a lot a lot a lot of things that I got to figure out and I didn't make it make it. Right. I'm not like stable and right. can do whatever. You still got to hustle, hustle. So you I I can have five times more followers than you, but from what I see here, you're way ahead of me in terms of everything. Man, we should just pull resources, but if you could get me to like 85,000 followers, I could show you how to <laughs> work some of this, these I, side hustles. I'd trade that in a minute. <laughs> I'd trade that like, no, no. Yeah. Hmm. But back to the skateboarding. I'll get you with my followers back in Brazil, and I'll live here. Man, we could work it out. We could, you, could, we could, you have like a re returning residence. I already we'll have mama's here. approval. Oh, yeah. She just she, like was laughing at me like, yeah. she's not. She's not trying to let you leave, so you got to be careful. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a weird. Stay for a while. Stay for another week. I, I can't. It's going to be a weird day Wednesday. <laughs> she's going to try to feed you so much. She's going to yeah. get the itis and she's just gonna, fall no, back like, to sleep. 
I wake up and my my door doesn't open. What's that? What happened here? <laughs> but you know, like you're saying with the skateboarding and rapping, you know, skateboarding has physical humiliation and physical pain. Uh-huh. So people go, well, rapping's easy, but rapping has emotional humiliation and mental pain and mental like when yeah. you rap and you bomb, like it don't when you're not doing well and you're on stage or you're recording with a bunch of your folks who are like it hurts. But it only hurts if you care about it. Yeah, that's true. If you don't really care about it, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. They don't understand me. They don't understand me. Like Yeah. But when you care about it, it's like, what did I do wrong? How can I correct this? Oh my god. Am I wrong? Are they wrong? Uh is the mic bad? Is the PA system going right? Like when you care about it, it hurts. Yeah. When you don't, when you yeah. ca- when you don't care about it, it's like oh, okay, I, I suck. I, I'll go do something else. Right. You're like whatever. So it it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. You just go do something else. But when you do, like one of my hurt, one of my biggest like examples of like emotional and mental pain as an MC, um, I was pretty young in it, and we were in Australia on tour. It was me and AC alone and Ab, and then like you know, three Australian MCs who had been rapping since the late 80s too. So they were all rapper rappers. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, skater, graffiti writer getting into the rapping. Yeah. And we were doing a posse cut. You know, one of the Aussies went. We all were writing. Boom. He goes, I'm done. Bangs his verse out three or four tries. Boom, boom, boom. AC, boom, boom, boom. Ab, boom, boom, whatever. I get on there and it's like one try. Damn. Two tries. And then like, about four, five, six tries in, like I started, every time I get to that part of the verse, I'm like, oh. So then my cadence would be off, or my timing would be off, and I just watched the room, and they were being as cool and supportive as they could, but I was like, and I just left like, okay, let me figure out how to translate what I write to rapping, because I don't ever want to be in this situation where I'm the last dude or the longest dude to get the verse down, mm-hmm. and that was like a turning point in my emceeing i like i had to figure out how to how can i write and leave clues for myself on the paper so that way i could say it exactly and not be you know lost but that was and applying that to skateboard is like you're the last one to get a clip and everyone is waiting on you and everyone is tired (laughs) and they want to go back to the hotel yeah you just try at at the same time that is a demo and everybody's watching it right (laughs) yep that you know that that you'll remember that if you care. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to work on yeah. that. I never uh, had that, but I think the one time I was really bummed. It was a show for the wrong crowd because they booked me as a as a consolation prize be, because another show that I did at the same city. Right. It was so bad, so bad. The crowd wanted to see me. But they messed messed it all up. It was a festival, and I was one of the last to perform. I, I was the last to perform. Right. They had to take someone off the stage to get me to the stage because they were running late. Right. And it was already my second day there. I was supposed to perform the day before. Oh, so just, so <laughs> just bad festival. It was organizing. good, but they were bad. So right. they wanted me. wanted to pay me better, get me to a better venue. Right. But the crowd was so wrong. Right. That they threw a a piece of ice at me oh. in the middle of the show 
after a fight broke and I was like, yo, chill, chill. Right. No fighting here. Let's come home in peace and all that. Right. So when I I I cut a lot of songs from my set. Yeah. And I said, This is the last song. And they cheered like, Yeah. Like finally. It was a <laughs> nightclub and I was like, Oh, oh yeah. God. That was my worst show. Not not even the worst, worst conditions uh were worse than that. Like right. I had like my power cut off middle of a song. I had the power going out right at uh near the end of the show and and I I was just shouting at at the top of my lungs and everybody was coming with me right. and singing together. It was a chorus so we were really right. singing yeah, literally. <laughs> and that that was like love genuine love and right. the, the other like it was genuine whatever right just not cool so it's, how did you it's worse than hate genuine yeah. whatever is way worse than genuine right. hate so how do you how do you like dust that feeling off of that bad show and that just that energy and just just went to the next one i knew that that wasn't my crowd right. i had to win them over i've had that situation before and i won them over right but that one was so bad that Right, you just I gotta just, chalk it up. Yeah, I know I had some some of my people there, and they were supportive. Right, that's was what it was about. So it was good. Okay, well, we gotta ask one more question, and we'll go into one of your songs, and then we'll get into the big question of the podcast. And I ask everybody this question, right? And we'll. And we'll there's no right answer. There is many. There's no one. Uh -huh. There's no one. But getting into this part before we go into the halftime, do you have an agent or a manager? I have a booking agent. Yeah. Uh, MEC does uh, office, Laboratorio Fantasma. Mm -hmm. Their company, they sell my shows. But yeah. other than that, I'm, I'm by myself. Right. So what are some of the benefits of having like an agent? The benefits is you can focus on the music and don't worry too much about some stuff. And you are kind of protected because... Right. When you have to deal with people and they want to like, oh, but I don't have the, that amount of money. Right, or they try to talk you if down. If we could like, you could stay at my house and that. Right, so, we don't need a hotel. I got my friends got a. Yeah, 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 yeah. nice place. And I can give you some weed and some cheese and I don't have right. any of those. Like, I don't want weed and I definitely don't want cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the benefits are like, being protected yeah. by some stuff, uh, be getting someone to to be willing to sell you to right. places that you don't have connections with. Yeah, um, mostly that. That those are and big you, ones. Those yeah, are big ones, of course. And so, so you have a booking person, but you don't have a management. Like you manage yourself. No, no yeah, I manage myself. Right. Okay. So, what are the benefits of managing yourself? The benefits is that I don't really do something that I'm not into. Right. But the bad thing is I have so much to do that sometimes I can't do some stuff, make some stuff happen. Right. Well, that's what I was, I was going to ask you because, you know, when you start, when your art is part of your business and your income, all of a sudden you can't just focus on making beats or writing raps because there's still emails and there may be follow-ups uh -huh. maybe blah 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 how do you how do you organize your time so that way you can do both 
That is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a hundred emails just waiting, like new emails in your inbox that you just haven't? Nah, nah. Emails, I pretty much handle them well. Right. That's that's the first part of the day, and since I'm a night person, right. At night, I make beats, right, and also answer emails so people see the first thing in the morning. That right. They'll see are my emails, okay. my responses, or my questioning right so you're okay yeah but i can handle that yeah do you enjoy the business as much as the music nope making? nope <laughs> <laughs> no what is your least favorite part of the business uh bureaucracy paperwork yeah like ah you have to like get get this stamped and make two copies of it and mail it because we don't have digital right. ways to like in Brazil it's crazy bureaucracy bureaucracy is crazy crazy yeah sometimes yeah. like i i have this digital signature no you have to sign it with a blue pen and send it to like right. da da da, da. <laughs> i'm like oh, in what age are you now right right the bureaucracy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i could dig it yeah, okay yeah okay do you relate to that yeah i mean i don't i definitely don't like paperwork i mean that's part of what i delegate most i can mm -hmm. like you know you i don't have no one to delegate to. yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> i have no. some but not really yeah i like i like the business i like being able to you know, there's an art form in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, the way we build relationships, the way we cultivate a relationship, the way we can take someone comes to me for one thing. And then by the time we're done, we have a long term relationship that expands to many different things. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know, I like um, satisfied customers, happy clients. I don't like chasing money. Don't like invoicing and following up and following up and following up and following up and, you know, all the different companies, policies, summer, you do the work and then it's 30 day until they pay you or 60 day until they pay you. And then, you know, all that stuff I don't like. Um, and yeah, I don't like contracts, but they're important. So yeah, yeah. having, having somebody, this is a good for the listeners, you know, even if you're independent, like we are, you don't have to know how to do everything but you need to know who does and have somebody yeah. in the corner that you have to know a little to see who does it best for right you. so you when it comes time for a contract that's bigger than your britches you need to figure out okay do i have a have somebody who's an attorney or at least do i know somebody who can guide me to an attorney that's trustworthy mm -hmm. so having a network and an outer network you know like i don't know how to do this but i know my boy knows how to do this yeah my home is about that so make sure that you have people in your peripheral that can help you with these parts of the business because you don't want to try to do it all yourself. I'm glad I have those. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't make uh, enough so I can keep them around uh, just at yeah. hand. Right. Retain them. All, just but yeah. I can like trust them and count on them. But it's time to go into it. Yeah. Okay. Were you about to get into one of your songs? Did you already choose one in your head? Or are you going to surprise us? Mm, I'm going to surprise you guys. Okay. We're going to surprise. Then we'll get back into this. This is Art to Empire Radio. My man, Kamal. Stay tuned. Chua. Associated with 
vindo aqui Pesada é a carga na faixa Yeah, I heard a new shit Só na faixa Eu não tô nas paradas, eu tô metendo marcha Inquieto no meu canto, mas eu tô bem Sem pranto, falta tanto tempo É grande, agora eu tô sem Sou grato aos que acompanham e até hoje ainda ouvem Ignorando os bicos, dando ouvido igual Beethoven Não tô nem dizendo que eu tô perto de ser clássico Pra quem chegou agora, nosso método é jurássico Melhor que ser de plástico E um, dois pra virar lixo, leva uma Promoção vai ver um, dois pra virar bicho O barato sai caro, contrate um profissional Sou amador e amante, o retorno é proporcional Meia volta, vou ver se queria um promocional Mata fracos que nem Luate, o crime é passional Foco entre o sem senso e o sensei Se não compensa eu dispensei Há quanto tempo eu já nem sei Que eu sou pensei, pensei Entre o sem senso e o sensei se não compensa eu dispensei Por quanto mais tempo eu já nem sei Eu só pensei Se eu tô na fome é sempre lunch time Lunch line o que? Respeito o pai fei Cinco pontos pronto, morto cai Efeito pai mei Não vim contar meus feitos, vim fazer Quis trazer e quem eu trouxe foi E eu vivi pra ver Viva e fiz valer o que eu achava essencial Onde fui pra não ter mais que Mostrar credencial hoje flui Suave, suave cê vai ver Cê melhor, mas se tentasse crescer Vão te fazer ser melhor Menor piano, não queira ser motivo de chacota Bater na mesma tecla e esperar que a nota mude Silencioso e não silenciado Somente o necessário pra não ser sentenciado Diferenciado, não se afogue em mar de iguais Fôlego, combustível, vamos precisar de gás Fogo, jogo esquenta, não vim cultivar rivais Versos audiovisuais, vai vem, tutoriais Entre o sem senso e o sensei se não compensa, eu dispensei Há quanto tempo eu já nem sei Yes, yes, we are back We're back Art to Empire Radio How would you say that in Portuguese? Arte para o Império Arte da Arte ao Império Rádio da Arte ao Império Okay The Art of the Empire <laughs> The Art of the Empire <laughs> Yes, so we're here My rhyming and grinding Cohort, come on. Now, we're about to get into it. How do you price your work? Mm. How do you price your shows? How do you price your features? Like, what equations do you, Mr. Mathematical Man? <laughs> <laughs> because of the booking agency that I work with, is not really just one guy, one person, one girl. Right. Uh, they know how to price it right around what I need, what I want, and they gotta have their their share and all the people that work with me, so they know how to price it good good enough. Right. But like they do don't you... wanna like get uh ten percent of uh something ten dollars. Too li yeah, too little. Right. But how do you know how to price it for like a festival versus price it for like a youth center event or price it for a skate event? I'm, not, I'm assuming you don't have the exact same price for all these different Yeah, it's not. But the thing is, when you're working with a, an agency, a, like a, a, an office that yeah. does that, they want to go to the, the big, where the big money is. Yeah. It not really, I'm not really a festival guy nowadays. Right. So they don't want to go to those and just be shut down. So they have other artists that they can really sell to those places. Right, right. And when something smaller comes around, they offered me. Right. 
And sometimes I just really want to do a youth center or a, a benefit or a skateboarding contest. Right. And I, I just tell them, I want to do that. Whatever amount, amount of money they got, I right. want to do that. Even if you guys get the more the, the the bigger part, right? I don't care, right? But yeah, I I'm reasonable about it. Like, right? I gotta be. I gotta be because I'm around. I'm at. I'm in the streets every day, right? And people meet me and like, oh, oh, you don't wanna. Oh, I see. You don't wanna. You forgot where you came from. But it's always like people come to me. I was like, no. Please send an email, talk to the office. I know that you want me there, but I can just. Right. And th my main excuse, not excuse, but my main gimmick is my DJ is five times world champion. I can get him out of the house for right. that amount, amount of money. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. No, but like, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So that's that's for your, your music. You have an agent. So luckily, you that's kind of outsourced but what about you know features what about hosting events like how do you decide how much you should charge i look at the size of the event my yeah. relation with the people that are running it or features and i've never charged for a feature right never never it's like if i dig the music if i see something that is interesting there right i just do it i i've got for a feature money once from my man lupienza this year mm -hmm. because he got some money from the government right. to to make his project happen yeah the budget so he yeah. just gave me like 300 reais is nothing right. in brazil it's like 60 dollars maybe right, right but i i was like no i don't want any i don't want anything he right. was like no i gotta pay you because I I recorded myself I have I had my equipment, right? And I just sent him the verse and he was like oh, I gotta pay you no I don't want nothing right but he was like yeah no I gotta pay you gotta pay you and he paid me right and then on these collabs at least you get your publishing or any of that yeah yeah, yeah. that that yeah right so a big benefit of doing these projects that you choose you like because of the quality of the person is that you hope it does well you got publishing mm -hmm. if it go, if it does really well you'll get paid yeah. Right, but right. it's not my main concern as well right. because I don't do like just for the the fame of big publishing coming from a big artist like right. I've I've had two verses this year that were like that. Right. I heard the song and I I was like, "Yo, can you send me the beat please so right. I can listen to it?" I knew the producer and for both songs, it was one producer for each song. Right. And I asked them for the beat. Right. Then I recorded a ver I wrote a verse, recorded it, and sent back. Right. And they were like, oh, we got to do something with it. So one is from a, it, one is for a big artist named Marcelo De Dois and uh -huh. his group Planet Hemp. I really dug the song, and I just sent the verse, and they put they put out on a deluxe version of their album mm. so they got a few features on the deluxe version right. one is me that i asked for it and pause from de la so is also one of the features nice. I, i'm sure pause charge for it right right and i'm just there and i'm glad i'm there no problem right so you're just but there is okay. there's another guy that are from around my way a producer that i know from the 
Beat Brazilis kind of Brazilian producers meeting yeah. that we had online for a while, but it still happened right like in person. And I was like, oh, I love this song. Can you send me the beat? Right. I just got the beat, wrote, sent them uh, the verse, and they were like, oh, we got to do something with this. Right. So the guy, the main guy in the song, we really didn't know in person, but I really loved his verse. Right. So we started talking, and it's a nice guy named Ian Cajasco. Mm-hmm. And... Turned out that his father used to go to the same places I, I'd be like around the, the hip hop circuit. Like right. he was a rapper as well, and he had a group. And we went to the same nightclubs, same hip hop nightclubs. Right. And it's crazy because he was so like thankful that I made a song with his son. Right. That's and, cool. So it's and it's heavy a, cultural. Yeah. And the the smaller guys that not the lesser known guys yeah. made a video for it and like and the bigger names put put it on their deluxe project. Right. I might get some money from it, and it was the same love. I right. did it the same way. Right, just kept it steady. Yeah. So, okay, imagine you have a circle, okay, and it's like a pie chart. Right. Right. How do you? How is your income earned right now if you're dividing the pie chart up between all the different ways you earn income? Uh, you want me to go first? <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it because <laughs> uh, it's weird to think that I did no shows this year. Right. Yet. And we're... Yeah, it's November. Yeah. We okay, got so that's two. probably a small part of your pie chart right now. Yeah. Unless you're coming in strong but for the next three months. But I made some, uh, I was a consultant for, a consultant curator for a Red Bull battle. Yeah. That I gave the name, I gave him the name, I brought the people, I I was as a judge as well. Mm-hmm. So my pie chart this year was, Things music related, mm-hmm. music related, but not music itself. Right. Some of it was the music itself, and God, <laughs> <laughs> just things. Yeah, things. Right, and of course, with having multiple lanes of, of that that tie in your business, you know, each year it changes, it shifts. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like my pie chart now is like. Uh, commission graffiti gigs, DJ gigs, and like teaching, you know, which is, you know, five years ago, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was more this and that and the third. So it's it's interesting to, to, to share it because I want people to, when they're listening to this is, you know, diversify your ways of earning income if you plan on being yeah. independent because you, you have to, you're trying to weave some stability and it may not all come from rapping. I've, I've been paid more as a DJ than a rapper and I'm not a DJ. You know, I've been paid really well to organize, um, murals and some of the ones I got paid the most off are ones I didn't paint at all. I just was the administrator and the, you know, Mm -hmm. so having these multiple lanes and you, you don't have to say, you don't have to pass on opportunities 
because you only do one thing and they wanted something else. Yeah. You know, so. And it's crazy because uh, when I come back from here, I have a show the very next day. Right. And it's also a lecture panel with uh, Jay Ross, John Robinson, a friend of mine from Brazil named Marcio, and an MC from Brazil that is also a friend of mine named Rubia, a pioneer. Right. A woman MC. And the next week I have a show. Then I have a, a show at a festival. I have I have more shows on the next weeks until right. the end of the year than I had all year long. Right. And yeah. I also have this lecture. I have a DJ gig. I ha- I still have to get some money from the exhibit I did. That right. I curated some records and just put them to to display. Right. Um, I think that's about it. But Stay on it, yeah. And and also we should add that we're going into your spring summer right now. Mm-hmm. So that that you know season sometimes depending on what our careers are spliced around. Yeah, can affect that. You're getting into like festival season. We're we're getting out of yeah. But festival season, season is like th- that part of the month, but it starts way earlier in the year. Like. Yeah. They were like booking. Oh, as far as those. booking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and there were uh, some of them that just didn't happen. Right. They had to cancel because it didn't sell well or something like that. Mm. Uh, but I know there is some more stuff to happen right later on because I'm I've been putting out music this year monthly. Right, it's short songs, but it's something that they're not doing. Right. Uh, right now. So people are like paying attention to it because it's a, every song is a piece of a puzzle. Right. And they're like, hmm, that's interesting. And, Keeps me and I'm going to make that be something right. bigger and better so I can go around with that. Right. And around with that. Um, all right. We got a couple more questions. So like I was saying, you know, you have a pretty decent social media following. How do you utilize your social media to increase your business? Uh, I, of course, I advertise my business like I put out a new song or I have a show right. or like promoting. Yeah, yeah. I also like to share what I'm listening to. What it's it's so it's not really personal. My my social media is not really personal, but. It's part of my life that I share right. over there. It's not like something that I make up and like a pretty picture right. and the big uh, something or rent a house to do the, right. the MTV Cribs. Right, right. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I show my real studio. Right. I show what I'm doing at the studio. Uh, what else? I show the places where I dig. Or the records that I bought, right? People that I meet, and it's curious. I think they yeah. they can relate to that. Like right. it's not like I'm not unreachable, right? Right. I'm sometimes I'm too like too too friendly. available. Too yeah, friendly, too right. available, too friendly. Like, oh, you're taking the subway. Of course, I don't drive. I don't know how to right. drive. I right. can pay. I can like be getting Ubers every day. Right. <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes cool. people like when I open IG live, right? 
to show what I'm doing, like on a a beat or right. write writing something or recording something. Right. They're like, yo, bust a freestyle. Yo, that beat that you gotta sample that. Right. You gotta, you know what uh, the what the betting bow is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making a beat, and this guy wrote, yo, it's I think it could fit a betting bow. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know where I can fit a bearing bow. <laughs> like, did, did they want your beats to be more Brazilian? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I but know. there was a guy that asked, like, he said, like, uh, I wish I could hear more forró. That is Brazilian traditional music from the Northeast. Yeah. I wish I could hear more forró in those boom bap beats. Right. Then I said, either A, you can do it yourself. Right. Or B, there is someone doing that already and you can try to ask them for it right like the artist that you like you like him for a reason right so if you like him for that reason why do you want him to make something that you want that is not their natural It's way of doing things them. right like if you go to a a bakery and you go like mm, i wish that bakery could make a good barbecue. Right, right. <laughs> you like barbecue. You right. know where to go right. to get barbecue. Right. So you get the bread and you get the, the barbecue and you put them together right. yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, you don't try to do that. Okay, that's real. So what would you say one of your biggest mistakes you've made in your process of like growing and cultivating your your career? Not setting dates. Not setting dates. Like, like goals? Yeah, not dates, dates. Dates, like, yeah, I got to do this until this. Uh, deadlines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like setting deadlines. Yeah, deadlines. Right. Yeah. Right. But goals, I've set, like, and reached some. Right. I think deadlines would help me, but also would, like, pressure me a little bit too much. Right. It shifts the energy in the process. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because you, when you have to, It's yeah. way different. Yeah, got to find that balance. Yeah. Right. So that is that one thing you you look to to get better at as you enter 2024? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. All right, so last question. What are some of your favorite quotes that helped you along your path? Like one of one of mine that I love is all money and good money. You know, like what are some like quotes that you've heard inspirational or hustling quotes that really helped you like stay focused uh i think besides ice ice baby i know this all right stop collaborate and listen like i've you've taken that to heart and I've elaborate and listen no collaborate collaborate all I'm right stop collaborate and listen i'm glad i don't know that <laughs> i'm so glad i got that wrong i, I can't believe i stumped you on the lies. <laughs> I remember when I met uh, Robert Glasper and we were about to take yeah. a picture. Yeah. Out of the blue, someone said, I right, stop. And he was like, elaborate and listen. And he just busted out yeah. rapping to Vanilla Ice. We know it. We all know it. All the hip hop heads And know he it. forgot about the picture. We didn't take the oh, no picture because it. of it. He got, yeah. <laughs> It's the Vanilla Ice effect. Yeah. That's I mean, a, yo. You see? Okay, so that's not Vanilla one of your didn't collaborate. Yeah, but um, a quote, success is a journey, not a destination, Arthur Ashe. Yeah, yeah. 
That is one of the main ones. I have that on, on a song of mine mm-hmm. named Equilibrio. Equilibrium. Equilibrium, yeah. Balance. And people uh, think that I I came up with it and I tell them, like, no. Right. That's a tennis player, Arthur right. Ashe. The, his name is on the U.S. Open. Like, right. Flushing Matters. Dig deeper. What else? I think that's the main one. Yeah. Yep. Here's another good one. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. S- something grabs a hold of me tightly. I flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and watch a chump like a candle. Dance. <laughs> Caress the speaker that boom. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. I is hope a you get copyrighted for that. Yo, <laughs> yo, if I so you can like mute that part. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> Word to your mother. No, okay, that's, we veered off a bit, but yeah. Just a side note. That what, verse, what is the the ending line? Check out my crew with my DJ. Uh, yeah, I gotta say the whole thing. I don't, I don't want to get nah, it. nah. I, I have not. to figure it out. Yeah, but but. You know, AI, everybody's using the AI to flip different people's voices on things. If you put Cool G Rap or Kane or Rakim on that first verse, it'll sound dope because it's lyrically not that bad. It's not bad. It's just he looks crazy and all of a sudden now it's really crazy. But, like, the lyrics are not that bad. But there is a big gap between not that bad and decent and good. It's it's pretty good. Pretty good, I wouldn't say that. Look, check it out. Most of the MCs that because it's not about his voice. No, it was fine. We're veering off this funny. This is this is a bonus episode. But no, check it out for real. Most folks like hip hop heads for real, like including myself. Mm. When that came out, we liked it. I can't. Most of us did. Now, what happened after that, and how commercial and cheesy it went with Ninja Ninja Rap. It's the same thing with MC Hammer. When Hammer was, we love Hammer. And then he went so far so big that all of a sudden we acted like we didn't like it because it was all shiny. What is the point that you thought that that Hammer was not for you guys? Like, uh, it, we lost him. Well, it, it's just because he got shinier when we wanted to go grimier. That's, that's pretty much all it was. Right? But at the time when he was coming out all shiny and dancing, we loved it. But then he kept going that way and we went Black Moon, I got you open. It was just a different, it's just the timing thing. Uh-huh. You know, so anyways. But, but I think but we I really lost Hammer and we gave up on Hammer <laughs> when it was Pumps in a Bump. The well, next yeah, move. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> when he tried to go. Hammer the headhunter. I know. You know, I kind of I kind of I kind of equate that that time in his career when he tried to come back and be like. We can't well, we can't talk to too much times. about Hammer because he'll come like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, we love Hammer. And I'm too close now. Yeah. No, you. Yeah. He might, you know. <laughs> but. Him coming back like that, trying to be like the, these younger cats, is the same way Run DMC tried to come back like Onyx because they were the younger cats. And then they tried it for a minute, and mm-hmm. then they realized, no, 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 no. Let me go and do what I do. And they went, you really quickly, they put their shell toes back on and got like that. But, you know, temptation. And what's funny is, like, we're at that age, and we know a lot of MCs at that age who are at this age now who want to do what the young cats are doing. And it's like, 
just be you. Yeah. They don't these young kids don't want to see but a 50-year-old doing they doing they thing. There's a difference between be you and be the you the version of you that they liked back then. Yeah. Because some people try to emulate that again. Yeah. Or be stuck at that and it doesn't work. Yeah. You just no, just be find your authentic self and be that. Uh-huh. Like it it didn't pumps and a bump didn't seem authentic. And you know Run DMC looking like Onyx trying to rap hella hard. Where? I, I don't remember that. I'm going to show you after no, the show. No, not one. T t tell me one. Um, uh, Hold on. I'll, I'm going to show you a video after this. We're about to get oh, off this oh, podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is Art the Empire. We're about to get into a whole different hip-hop and beyond discussion. But this is what it is. My man, Kamau. Thank you for coming all the way, finally, to the Bay to <laughs> visit your homie. And big up. Eula for suggesting that we do this podcast. Yeah. We clearly are not going out. She was over there overseeing it. Yeah. <laughs> She's making sure. We, we're definitely She's listening. Not going out. She's listening. I know. Already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what it is. Art to Empire. Sure. I turned my Planet seeds and built the dream. Art to empire.